So, what was Hess up to last session? So, Hess helped Windward and Kyle load up the soul fish. What do we call it? The soul fish? Yeah, the soul thingy. Oh, the soul seeker. The soul seeker. I was going to say the soul hurdy gurdy, because that's what it looks like in my head. <laughs> Fair. Dead. Yeah. But, you know, uh, we loaded that up and we went to the moms, and the moms were like, Sup? We have exactly what you need for this. Exactly. And it was not creepy at all. And, and, you know, Hess painted herself up to do the ritual, and she successfully fished Hawk and Darren and Roz back. And then, surprise, she didn't need to fish the person who Windward was looking for because they were Kyle all along. Yeah. And unlock secret memories. You got to hear the story of fallen angels, and it was just a beautiful, beautiful story. Well done by Zed, and Roma happened to be walking by as that story was being told, and she said a sentence when we're probably never expected to hear, which was, I'm so glad to see you found each other. Right? It was very sweet. Fennec might have squeed. I apologize, listeners, for your eardrums at that point. I was squeeing on the inside, and I've known about that particular plot twist for five months. I didn't, so that was all natural, baby. Yeah, literally, I, no one but Zad and Gliza knew, and the only reason Gliza knew was because it involved Kyle. Fair. But yeah, so that's what happened, and Hess drank a lot of juice boxes and is getting ready to go fish, uh cat and Bart out. That can't go wrong at all. Yeah, it'll be fine. It's just, um, you have no clue where Cat is other than not in this reality, and you aren't exactly sure what the situation is with Bart's soul other than Vehiganti's probably nearby, so that's part of why you're doing this, to see if you can communicate with him. But you've never really communicated with something like that in a situation like this. But thankfully, you do have the moms running interference in your hey, come he, um, in your dinner bell signal that goes off whenever you do this. Exactly. So nothing, nothing can't go wrong. Hess doesn't realize this, but Winward realized this that the moms were once two of the fates. Yeah, Hess is a little focused on other things right now. Yeah, and also Hess wouldn't have known the story of the two fates who chose to walk among mankind. Letting people have a say in their own fates instead of having everything decided for them. Because, you know, sometimes people can do good things, they just need a little nudge. Totally. Or the oddly specific ingredients in a nice little safe place set up to, you know, go fish souls back from the ether. Oh, yeah, you know, we just like to fish the souls out of the ether, you know. It's just a nice Saturday morning with the boys and the brewskis. <laughs> I'm sorry, listeners, I haven't gotten enough sleep like I told Bree. So this is, this is Fennec on energy drinks. You've been warned. This is going to be fantastic. Also, Fennec, please, please actually get sleep tonight. Sure. <laughs> Fennec. Anyways, don't we have a story to tell? Panic. Right, I've got my dice ready. <laughs> Alright, so you set up to find Bart. You have the name for him of Amago or the Magician. 
You have his, the, his little, are you an alien quiz that Roz made him as a joke that he actually filled out. And you have the materials that you need. And insert one description of how the thing works here. Because that's weirdly specific. Hang on, I think I actually have it written down. It You put the object in the thing, and then you light the brazier with the magnesium, and it bounces off the mirror, and the resonance allows you to go searching for the souls, if I'm remembering correctly. Burn 21 grams of magnesium and focus its light through a lens fixed to a chicken noodle soup can. Focus light casts the shadow onto a mirror made with exactly 21 grams of soda light, which reflects it back into a tube housing the mirrors. The light is bound so that it hits the object from every angle before exiting the kaleidoscope or passes over the sounding board. When you speak a name that resonates deeply with the person you are seeking, both their self-perception, your perception of them, and how they exist on a metaphysical level, the vibrations of the strings bend the light toward to point you towards the subject. Yep, that. I just copied that straight out of a message that it sent me like forever ago. <laughs> When you perform a ritual, blah, 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 roll with their strength. I believe we decided that their strength is three. 2d6 plus three. As you attempt to find Bart. Yes, because we didn't, I'm not, uh, what's the word? Uh, blah, 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 rolling with any of my stats. Yeah, no, it's not, it's not that. It's, it's a faction thing, but you have the moms behind you, so. Yeah, we have the moms, and then Windward rolled really good, so it was like a plus four altogether to my roll. <laughs> yeah, for for the three. Since Windward is no longer in the room, you just have plus three. It's just plus three. Oh, I'll take it still. All right, so rolling for ritual. Angel could use that plus three in a lot of the things she tries to do. Angel's not had a great time. I will take it because I rolled a five, so it's an eight altogether, so it's at least a success. <laughs> Whew. A mixed success, but a success. You're able to do it, but it drains you. And I think, actually, um, describe what, again what it looks like as you call up the magic and start this ritual. Yeah, so, um, like how we've said, you know, there's the strings on it, and Hess's hands are kind of floating above the strings, but it starts to pluck this tune, and um, it's surprisingly like the theme to Fast and the Furious since Bart is a terrible driver and almost drives like one of those movies. And, you know, then there's this, like, spectral hand that shifts off of her right hand in that, you know, galaxy-esque nebula colors and starts breaching out and goes into the, you know, soul space where it's that cerebral mind. All the different universes and multiverses just flickering and the soul is just phasing in and out. Yeah. And you search for Bart, because there aren't... You've found Tether, you've returned most of the lost souls to their bodies, so... It, it takes you a minute to find Bart, and... You get to a place where, like, you know he should be there, but you don't see somebody that looks like a soul, and then you realize it's because you're staring into this giant eye. Oh, um... Right. Uh, okay. Not to sound rude. Are you a spirit or a kaiju spirit? Like, are you a really big spirit or a normal spirit? I just need to know what I'm dealing with here. 
it pulls back a little bit from where it has been studying you and you see I believe the description I've heard Ian use is like a technicolor crocodile with antlers okay so I'm looking for Bart and you're here are you the guardian are you the guardian the protector roll to persuade an NPC okay I realized that probably wasn't loud enough. Uh, Fennec said five in a very scared voice. Mm. It just continues to stare at you. Get this feeling it doesn't trust you. Okay, um, right. Okay, uh, probably should start off with names. I'm Hess. I'm Hesper, if you want to be formal. Um, Hesper Vitali, um, if you want my true name in the interest of getting trust. I'm, I'm not here to hurt I'm trying to put him back. We're trying to stop the stranger, and to do that, we need to put Bart back where he belongs. Um, I'm not here to hurt anyone, obviously. She kind of like does a twirl, like, and does holds her hands up. I've got no weapons. I mean, obviously, I have magic, but it's not like I, I'm not sure how I can use it effectively. This is my first time doing this, if you can't tell. When you say I've got magic, it just this thing just snorts. It's almost like it's laughing at you. You realize it's this is old and it's powerful. Okay, right. You can probably sense that. Look, I've never. Can I at least have a name so I'm not calling you? I don't even know your pronouns. Can I just have a name? Your mind flashes with memories of because we've decided like you're familiar with Bart, right? Yeah. It flashes to a couple of different memories where you hear Bart explaining to you that part of how he does magic is through his connection to an entity he refers to as a Higante. Uh, you're the Higante? Bart has told me about you before when we discussed how magics work. It's a pleasure to meet you, holds out their hand and then kind of looks at it like, I don't know if you shake, I'm sorry just extends its head its eyes have not it hasn't this guy hasn't blinked just leans forward and sniffs your hand a couple of times and just relaxes a little bit okay that's good um so yeah like i said my friends and i um we're trying to stop the stranger because we'd like living in existence and we'd like bart and everyone else back we've managed to put Angel, well not Angel, um, Angel's help find everybody, but we've managed to put Ross, Hawk, and Darren back. We just need to put Bart back. He leans forward and like, you still have her hand outstretched, I guess? Yeah, like she started to lower it and then like stops when she sees the Benigante is really important, like, okay, um, and then just kind of holds it up like, you know, I'll, uh, uh, hiccup in <laughs> how to train a dragon. <laughs> touches his nose to your hand and you get this flash of Bart was out in the woods collecting something and then he saw something strange on the ground that looked familiar when he touched it this darkness just jolted into him and flashing forward over the next couple of days, couple of weeks is Vahigante and this other thing are fighting, well one thing is fighting to take control of Bart and Vahigante is fighting to keep Bart free of its influence and it kind of turns into a Dr. Jekyll Mr. Hyde situation a little bit where like one takes over and then the other kicks him back and 
Do you see the moment where Vahikante realizes that yes, he could keep battling this thing forever, but to do so would threaten the possibility of destroying Bart's soul? So there was a moment walking on the street near the house where they were they were fighting, they were fighting, and Vahikante realizes that I can't keep doing this. So he wrapped himself tightly around Bart's soul and then fled. Actually, would you like to roll to figure someone out? Sure. I will roll to figure someone out with heart. Uh, figure someone out was with mind. Son of a motherfucking Five. You might want to switch out your D6s, by the way. Yeah, I at least have two. Well, we, two we could maybe argue that Hess is just a little distracted by the fact that two of your besties are fallen angels. Yeah, because I got a five all together with everything. Um, yeah, so she's just like... And also, she's never dealt... She's heard of the Benigante, but seeing it giant in front of her is like... It's shrunk back down to around your size, but um, it's still... It's still an entity you're not familiar with. And you just... You don't know what to make of what it's trying to tell you, and then you notice it feels like there's other things watching you. Oh, goody, we're not alone. That's always wonderful. Um... When we're dead, warn you that this would attract a lot of attention. Right. Um. So, okay, if I'm, I'm trying to understand if I'm getting this right, you, you want to protect Bart, so do we, but you're not willing... If we knock the stranger out, then you'll bring him back? He nods. Okay. That makes sense. Putting us all back in the body while it's still possessed is a bad idea. Get it. Love the logic. We'll go with it. Just staring at you. You don't talk much, do you? Just keep staring at you. If it's trying to communicate something that ain't coming through. She's going to try and manifest like a paper and pen. See if she can. Or a whiteboard and try a race marker. Also, he just kind of like leans his head over the paper and just like kind of huffs out this breath. And you see written in what looks like Bart's handwriting. You should leave. It's not safe. Yeah, I got that. Okay, so we're agreed, though. You're coming back after we kick the stranger's ass. You not. Okay, cool. I'm going to go now. It was lovely to meet you, Benegante and... Benegante. And uh, Bart, I hope you have some good reading material in there. Ooh, a deck of cards. The Harry Potter series. <laughs> That's fair. Can't not have that reference. Yes, uh, yeah, and she'll try to start to leave. As you start to leave and pull back, what's going through your head as you're pulling back? I'm like, okay, um, so Hess is thinking, okay, three out of four, not bad. Well, four out of four, technically, we just have to make sure we kick the stranger out, which, oh, goody, I made a promise with it. It'll be fine. This can't go wrong at all. It'll be fine. Any thoughts about Cat at all, maybe? She'll kind of look around and is like, I shouldn't come back, but I'm 
going to try for cat next, and we'll go from there. This can't go wrong at all. Are you gonna have enough strength to come back, though? Because this was exhausting. I'm willing to take corruption to do it. <laughs> yeah, as you pull back and you feel there's this attention pointed in your direction. It may not be pointed directly at you, but there are in beings who are starting to become very aware that there's something going on. Someone messing in a realm that they don't, maybe don't belong in. And as you snap back, you are, you are t- shaking. Yeah, I think she kind of, um, she's already sitting, but she kind of slumps over the machine and, like, braces herself on it. It's like, okay. Ooh, that, mm. And looks like, did they leave an energy drink? Yeah, there's a couple more energy drinks, and there's probably, like, a plate of food. Yeah, she'll, um, wolf down the food and chug, like, two of the energy drinks to at least give her a temp- It's not- she's still exhausted, but she's gonna push through. All right. Bad decisions! Just terrible decisions. How else do we get story? Exactly. Sometimes those bad decisions work out really well, other times they don't. Yeah, no, so Hess is, like, exhausted, like, she's probably got sweat- tripping down her face and just, like, wipes it off and smears some of the protection runes, like, shit, and quickly redoes them. And it's like, okay. Once more into the breach, and then meeting up with everybody to kick some ass. I can do this. It's fine. You've pulled all-nighters before. What's the worst that can happen? The world ends. Well, hmm. But yeah, she'll hop back in, and I think she starts, you know, plucking above the strings, and uh, it starts to play Claire de Lune, and it just slowly starts to fill the room. She's like, okay, this, this better work, or um, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, and puts the ring and lights the phosphorus, or the magnesium. Give me the roll. I was about to say, technically, since it's all... The faction is um, negative one to ongoing strength for the faction, but also you have a much closer bond with Kat, so I'll say that evens out to still being a plus three. Okay, uh, so eight altogether. All right, you are just wearing out that faction. <laughs> I am, but this is the last one that she has to do. <laughs> yeah, so you see the same thing that you've seen every other time and as you look and look that light that's pointing you towards her is pointing off outside of this reality and how far do you follow it she goes as far as it will let her like she's come this far and she's now this close she's not giving up so even if it's you know she starts to, I think, phase from this reality and switch and sift into another Soul Dimensions reality. And she knows she should turn back. But it's kind of like the, um, the idea of Odysseus and Eurydice. She's willing to go as far as needs to be to find a girl. You follow that thread as it takes you out of your reality, and as you go, it's like your awareness of what's around you just expands into this... You thought that the hundreds of realities you've been to, you thought you'd been to most of them, but as you're looking and... 
there are endless realities out there and more and more keep being made and made and there's this vast expanse of something in between them that just has that same intense feeling of the thing that doesn't belong thing that is almost embodied entirely by greed and it's so big and there's so much of it and you keep following you keep following until there's this place that seems to be nowhere it exists outside of existence yet as you look at it you see there are countless souls that you know how like all the different universes vibrate at different frequencies they seem to come from multiple universes this could be where the lost things go those that have been misplaced and the number fluctuates but you just think there's probably like hundreds I mean if there's one out of every hundred worlds out realities out there there's still so infinite realities out there so you found a place where lost things go and as you are looking into this place you see all these briefly you see all these people and they're, they're gathered and they're all working on different things and there's a second where you kind of hone in on a conversation between three people there's a girl that looks like Lily, but she's a little different. And there's a man that looks a lot like Hawk, but he's younger. And she just stands there in awkward waves. They they can't see you, um, and you can't hear anything that's going on, but they're talking to a third person. She looks back, and for a brief second, you see Cat. But then you get pulled back. What? No, 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 no! Screams as loud as she can. And as you're being pulled back through that, back through that infinite expanse and before you return to yourself, you hear a voice echoing in your head. It sounds like the entity you've spoken to before, but there seems to be a different tinge to it. Malice or fear, you're not sure. And it just says, You will stand by my side if you ever want to see her again. And then you're back in yourself. You. And the fire's gone out. And she's panicking, and she's like, no, 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 no. And she starts, like, rummaging through the supplies and realizing that she doesn't have what she needs and just screams and throws, like, the bag against the wall and probably makes a decent dent because it's with magic. Yeah. But she's alive. She's alive, but she is, she is angry and pissed and falls down and wraps her arms around herself, just sobbing. She was so close. And as you're crying, you eventually become aware that, so this time it's, no, it's it's probably still Roma. Because she's been kind of hanging around down there most of the time you realize that there's someone they have their arms around you they haven't really said anything they're just sitting there and holding you close as you just you lose it it's very valid but 
You're exhausted. You're so upset. Yeah. Eventually, you know, your body runs out of saline and she's just, it's quiet, like no tears sort of sobs and then it's just exhaustion and just slumps. Do you think Hess just kind of conks out a little bit or? Probably. I think she just conks out and is like, the last thing she says, like, I'm almost there. So close. And you hear a voice in your head. Well, not in your head. You hear a voice, like a voice of as you're falling asleep. And Sir was saying, I truly believe you will find her again. And you just kind of conk out for a little bit and you wake up and there's like a <laughs> you're on the floor, but there's like a pillow under your head and you're under a blanket. Yeah. She doesn't really say anything for a few minutes. She just, like, she grabbed the ring off of the machine when she realized she can't go back and she's just holding it and twirling it around. Just clutches it as tight as she can. Says, fuck it. And gets up, gets her stuff, and starts to leave because she's got a date to go kick some ass and she is mad. That's fair. Do you want to roll to figure someone out for for the voice that you heard? Alright, Dice, are you going to be nice? Seven, so partial success. Yep, so on hit, ask two. I can read the questions if you want, or... Yeah, I'm trying to think of how to phrase it, because you said it was afraid. There was, there was a different tinge to the voice, a different kind of intensity. Can I put an emotion to that intensity? Like, what it was... Like, what did it think was going to happen if Hess was able to get Cat back? If that makes sense. I guess that's two questions. Yeah. So the feeling you got, every other time you've interacted with this entity, it's had this absolute confidence that it was going to get everything it wanted. It felt more like it was trying to play around. and Play with you, play with the people around it. But this time there's a bit of uncertainty and fear. Like it's... Something has changed. Something big. And it's not sure if things are going to work out the way it wants to. Something has changed that makes it actually feel threatened. So this entity is wants you to help it because it's afraid of something that might actually be able to stop it. Okay, so there's that. And then I, I don't think I can ask where it is or try and um. Well, you saw it. Pinpoint its look. It's yeah. everywhere. It is all that exists in between the realities. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Also, you do feel that that is separate from the stranger. Actually, has Hess actually had any interactions with the stranger yet? Not the stranger personally, but she did touch the anchor, so she did have a pseudo. Since you were more magically knowledgeable. You notice, like, between the entity you talk to and the anchor and this entity that you talk to when you're sort of between places, it felt like that was the same thing, but different. Almost like different instances. Like, once it became part of something in a place, it changed a little bit. And it might also be possible, but that once it gets inside of a person, it changes some. 
Like it's a different instance. They're connected, but they are also able to be separate. Got it. So she kind of starts standing up and pacing. Okay. They're the same, but different. So it's much like ourselves in other dimensions where different choices affect who we are. We're still the same person, but nature versus nurture kicks in and our choices. So hypothetically, yes, well, it's the same. It's actually different. If we kill it here, that would sever the connection? And it couldn't go back. Could it? Yeah, destroying the tether... That tether bridges it between the place where it is to being in this existence. So without the tether, it can't pull from that infinite. So if we take the tether away, it loses power. It loses power, we can banish and then kill it, potentially, and get his body back and the Behagante out of wherever, and then it should be safe to go back to the cat. Okay. Question is, where the fuck did Kyle put the tether? That is an excellent question. I hope Glyza does. Okay. Great. Hess pulls out her phone, texts the group chat, going after the stranger, destroy the tether, should buy you enough time to get to where I am and help me get rid of it. Gets up, puts both her ring and cat's ring on um, her left and her right index finger and starts to walk out of the house. And as she's walking... Her, you know, her hair kind of shifts into these, like, hella-like horns mixed with Maleficent, (laughs) and it's just this, all these different galaxies, uh, swirls just, like, start going off of her. She's like, this is a bad idea, but fuck it, I'm angry. (laughs) Let's go. As you're starting to leave Rome, Lydia catches you and is like, darling, there's a fast way to get where you're going. Come this way, and there's, like, she takes you into this room where there's, like, a teleportation portal, and she's like, this'll... I mean, I was going to teleport hop, but that is you. I will have to come back here, and we have to... Yeah. Well, let's just say Roma and I saw this, saw something like this coming. We didn't know what it was until things started happening, but this'll get you to the theater. Oh, good. The theater, where it all started. Perfect. Cracks knuckles. And as that happens, like, these demonic skeletal wings come out. Perfect. <laughs> and hops in. <laughs> she, oh yeah, she is bad decisions. She is pissed, but also you're you're going after the thing that once it came into this reality, that's when you lost your love. So maybe once it's gone. We'll figure it out. Right now she's angry and <laughs> not making the best decisions. And, and probably everybody's, like, blowing up the group chat like, wait, Hess, what? Hess? Tempest Multi is a production of Theodore Social, changing reality one story at a time. It is an actual play podcast using Urban Shadows 2E Quick Start Guide, and it's set once again in the town of Oak Ridge, Tennessee. I am your keeper and producer. Hello everyone, it's Casey again. I'll be playing Cass Pravda, the Oracle Playbook. My name is Zadkiel, or just Zad. In this game, I am going to be playing Windward Pudge, and they are using the Imp playbook. Hi there, I'm Maria Perry. I'm playing Millie Elza, your local vampy vampire. I am Blaze, and I'll be playing Jason Madison Coleman, the Aware. Sup, y'all, I'm Fennec Foxfire. I will be playing Hess, playing from the Book of the Wizard. 
Hi, I'm Gliza. I will be playing Kyle of the Tainted Playbook. I am Ava Rogers. I will be playing Angel Day, the Sworn. To get more information on this or any of our other shows, check out our website at pseudonymsocial.com.